everybody doing this morning? I like the energy, I like it, I like it. Hey, uh, like she said, if you're, if you're a guest with us today, I want to say thank you guys for coming out with us and hanging out on Father's Day with us. Um, you know, that's awesome that you guys are here with us. We hope that if you live around here that you come back next week, if I don't scare you off my preaching, because I get a little crazy, it's okay. But hey, if you want to know how to get connected, again, we, we invite you to go visit our website, www.coastalcommunity.tv. We have different connect groups that are going on. We just launched them, so if you're wondering how you can connect, go visit our website, see if there's something online that interests you. We have everything from like bicycling, which is a lot of fun. I, I didn't go yesterday because I slept in. So, um, <laughs> but we have health groups. So, and we have bicycling. We have Bible studies. We have we have a lot of things that probably could interest you. So, go ahead and visit that. We can stop on the information table after service and check it out. Um, today's a special day. Um, it's Father's Day, and it's not special because I'm preaching. I like to preach, but that's not why it's special. But today is Father's Day, and. Uh, this is kind of a, the best day of the year, the most recognized day of the year, until Mother's Day comes. But no, today's a special day because guess what, man? On Father's Day, we get to do whatever we want to do. So if that's fishing, we can go fishing. We have a pass. It's Father's Day. We, if we want to go throw a football to ourselves because nobody else wants to throw a football around because it's not really football season, we can do that because it's Father's Day. I'm saying, if we want to go sit on the toilet for 10 minutes without somebody busting in on us, we can do that because it's Father's Day. Can I get an amen? Can all my fathers stand up this morning? I want to honor you guys. All my fathers in here, stand up for a second. I want to honor you guys. I just want to say thank you guys for all of us for here in their kids' lives because a lot of, there's a lot of children that don't have their fathers in their lives and their fathers don't want to be a part of their life. I didn't say sit down. I got the mic. But I want, to, I want to bless you guys. I want to say thank you so much, man. Some of you guys might be new fathers in here. Some of, some of you might be seasoned fathers in here. But I want to thank you for being godly men. Men of character, men of integrity, men who care about their children. Keep doing that because kids find their identity and their confidence in how their father sees them. So I want to say thank you. Let's give them all fathers a morning. I didn't introduce myself, so excuse me on that. My name is Terry. I'm the Connections Pastor. That's why I have that, that shameless plug for our Connect Groups. Amen. Anyway, today we are starting a new series. And it's called Perspective. And I'm excited about this series because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be journeying through one of my favorite books, the book of Philippians. And we're going to look at how some different things, how we have perspectives. Because the thing is, we all have a perspective. We all have a perspective on life. We all have a perspective on Christ. We all have a perspective on relationships. We all have a perspective on how we handle difficult situations. The thing is, we all have a perspective. And here's the thing. A lot of times, we form our perspective out of the lens of our experience. So what happens is, when you, when you go through difficult situations, whatever happened to you in the past, the lens of your experience helps you get that perspective. And understanding how to handle situations and how to handle difficult situations and, and your perspective in that is going to make all the difference in your direction. And we're going to look at Paul, and we're going to look at how he handled it. We're going to look at the book of Philippians. And the thing I, I like about this is that he remained joyful in his situation. So as we look at this, we, at the end of this series, our goal is that you'll get a new perspective on how Christ sees you, how you see Jesus, and how you see the situation. One of the things that we can learn from Paul, real quick, is that Paul handled how he handled his first adversity with joy. And we can learn how to focus on things like what we don't have necessarily, but who we have is Jesus. Can I get an amen? You guys are kind of quiet out here. We can learn to keep our perspective on Jesus. We'll be all right. 
But before we get started with that, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about the book of Philippians. It was written in AD 52. Uh, it was written by Paul. It was actually written as a series of letters. It wasn't necessarily a book, but it was actually written as a, a, a series of letters to the church of Philippi. He wanted to let them know a couple things. It's basically, it's basically like a doctrinal statement for the church of, Philippi, church of Philippi. So he's like, hey guys, guess what? I'm doing okay. I'm praying for you guys. You're on my heart. I want you to know I care about you. Here's some things I want you guys to look at. I know there's some division in the church, in the church of Philippi. Here's which, how you handle that. You know, be joyful in all your situations. He's just letting them know how to handle different situations. Now, I like Paul. I like Paul a lot. Because Paul, Paul was real. You knew where Paul stood on every situation he was in. Whether he was bound up in chains, you knew where Paul stood. Whether he was in the square debating the Pharisees and religious leaders on how real Jesus was, or was Jesus a heretic, or are we supposed to be under law, or are we supposed to be under grace, you knew where Paul stood. But here's the thing, Paul was in prison. So what does that mean? There's probably some pain in Paul's life. But even though he was in pain, he remained joyful. And the thing is, let me encourage you real quick. You gotta understand that there's always purpose in your pain. There's always purpose in your pain. That purpose is to teach you how to persevere. And once you persevere, you'll get more power. And once you understand that that power will give you a new perspective when you get that endurance. Let me tell you something, great power always comes through great perseverance. Can I get an amen? Great power always comes through great perseverance. And I don't think it was Paul's dream to be a prisoner of Rome. As a matter of fact, I think it was Paul's dream to be a preacher in Rome. But the thing is, here he is, chained up, probably not happy about it, but yet he remained joyful. Because you've got to understand, joy is not an emotion. Joy, let me say it again, joy is not an emotion. A lot of times we think joy means happiness. But joy represents the presence of God. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. The presence of God is my strength. So we will understand, when we understand the perspective of joy, we can understand that really means his presence. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever met somebody that you just didn't like? When you first met them, you were like, man, everything about them rubbed you the wrong way. The way they talked, where they acted, the way they walked, the way they looked at you, you just like, I could just, I mean, how <laughs> Have you ever met somebody, how many have ever met somebody like that? Don't elbow the person next to you, you might get in trouble. That might be your spouse or something, you might be sleeping on the couch, happy Father's Day. But how many of you have ever met somebody like that? That's happened to me. I remember a couple years ago, about six years ago, I was going to a conference, and uh, my friends were like, hey, Terry, you got to meet this guy. He's awesome. He's a preacher. He, he's really cool. He's hip. Blah, 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 whatever, all that good stuff. And I remember going to this conference and sitting down at the table with other pastors, and we were talking about different ideas, and this dude wouldn't shut up. I'm like, dude, really? Can anybody else get 3.2 seconds worth of a word in it? I couldn't stand it. I went home, and I told my wife about this conference and how good it was and some new ideas I was getting and all this stuff. And I told her about this guy. She said to me, she said, Terry, you're going to end up being really good friends with him. I'm like, woman, that's crazy talk. Stop all that foolishness. I don't need to hear all that. I don't need to hear it. But the thing is, it's kind of funny because over the next couple of months, as I got to know this guy a little bit more, my perspective started to change on him. I found out that he was eager to share wisdom and challenge me to grow. I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. 
But the problem was, is my perspective, it wasn't him, it was my perspective that was wrong. And a lot of times we form these perspectives on limited information, and it takes us down the wrong path. If you have your Bibles, if you're going to go retro with me, retro right here, or if you're, you know, technology savvy, you have your iPhones, and if you have your iPads, or you have your computer, if you don't have none of that, it's going to be up here, okay? Let's, look, let's open to Philippians chapter 1, verse 2 through 7. It says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for you. I always pray for you with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains, if I'm a prisoner or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. What's amazing about this is that Paul's perspective didn't change. He said, hey, even if I'm in chains, I'm still joyful. Even if I'm locked up, messed up, I'm still joyful. That's what I like about Paul. I know I can guarantee this. I can guarantee this. I can bet this. That if, that if we asked Paul, would you rather be a prisoner or a preacher? I guarantee he would have traded being a prisoner to be a preacher in Rome. How many of you in here, you don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to be internally honest with yourself. How many of you in here wish that there was something different about your life? You might, I don't know, you might be happy, and if you're happy now, it's great. There's probably been a season in your life where you wish something was different. And I don't know what that could be. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you were wondering if I had more money, we just got a financial series. If I had more money, I'd be okay because the good thing is that we're rich. Let's try that again because I'm going to y'all pay attention last The good thing is that you're rich. The bad thing is that you're so if I have more money, I can do more things. I can tithe more. I can give more. I can go more places. I can do more things. I don't know. But maybe if I just had more money. Or maybe if you're a CEO of a company and you're thinking to yourself, if I could be a CEO like him running that company, my life would be straight. I would have nothing to worry about. Or maybe it's like, if I could just live somewhere else. Maybe I could live in Lincoln, Nebraska. Why anybody wants to live in Lincoln, Nebraska, I don't know. But hey, maybe if I could just live somewhere else, my life would be better. But I'm in my prison here. Maybe if some of you singles wish I woke up and I was married. Or maybe some of you married folk woke up and I wish I was single. I don't know. You know, preachers sometimes say, man, if I could preach like TJ, get ready, get ready, get ready. I could preach all over the world. But the thing is, the point is here that you've heard it. Grass is always greener on the other side. Sometimes we say things, I just wish that my life was different. I just wish, God, you would do something different in my life. Here's a, here's a couple of thoughts I want you guys to write down if you're taking notes. The first thought is this. We all have a what and don't understand the why. We all have a what and don't understand the why. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like saying, this is what's going on in my life. I have all this going on. This is what's happening. But I don't understand why, God. I don't understand why this difficult situation keeps coming up in my life. I don't understand why, God, I can't defeat this temptation I keep battling with. I don't understand why, God, what's going on in my life. I have a what, but I don't understand the why. I hope this next thought kind of encourages you with, with kind of changing your perspective. Remember, God always has a why 
behind the what? God always has a why behind the what? I love that. I love that. God always has a why behind the what? God is not interested in wasting pain for the mere fact of wasting your pain. I'm not, I, no, 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 not at all. As a matter of fact, the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. What does that tell me? That he's in control. He's not freaking out about your situation. He knows how much you can handle. The Bible says he'll never put more on you than you can bear. The Bible says he'll never put more on you than you can bear. There we go. I like that because he's in control. And when he's in control, that lets you know that there's going to be peace in the situation. If we can just change our perspective, we can get our mind wrapped around the things of God. See, God can always take what the enemy meant for harm and turn around for the good. But we have to change our perspective. When we're in this battle, we have to start saying things like what the word of God says. The battle does not belong to me, but it belongs to the Lord. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. If we can start aligning our perspective with the word of God, there's going to be a changed perspective. And there's nothing more powerful than a changed perspective. Can I get my, um, my volunteers I pre-picked earlier? Come on up here. We got some good-looking volunteers. Where's, 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 where's Bones? Where's, where, oh, there he is. There he goes. My man Bones. My man Bones. I want to illustrate this point to you guys. My question is, what are you anchored to? When we have this perspective, we're anchored to something. What are you anchored to? Go ahead and pick that up right there. Just, just Susan, pick that up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're anchored to bitterness. Maybe something happened in your life where, man, I lost my job. And now I'm bitter. Maybe I got, I didn't get the promotion that I wanted, but now I'm bitter. Maybe somebody else got what I deserved, but now I'm bitter. So when life starts to happen and starts to throw you different situations and you think you're anchored into something, you think you're anchored into something that anchor doesn't hold. I don't know. Go ahead and pick it up. Maybe, just maybe, you're anchored into sorrow. You, you pray for somebody in your family to get healed, but yet you anchored into sorrow, thinking if I can just anchor into sorrow, I'll be okay. Or, or maybe somebody in your life didn't come and didn't, it didn't get healed. Or, or maybe you went through a bitter divorce. We say, if I can just anchor into sorrow, or maybe I was supposed to marry that person, but yet I didn't marry that person. They left me and they cheated on me or whatever. You anchor into sorrow. You life goes through something hard. You have no anchor. But you get where I'm going with this. Maybe, maybe that's a should say comparison, but it says compassion. That's okay. I'm supposed to say comparison, but that's all right. That's okay. Just pretend like it says comparison. I know. It says compassion. It's supposed to say comparison, but that's all right. Praise the Lord anyway. I won't say who wrote it out, but that's okay. She's hiding. Anyway. Here's the thing. Maybe you're, you're insecure about yourself, and you start comparing yourself to somebody else. And you think, if I could just be like that person, you know what? Some of us know more about the person that we're comparing ourselves to. We know more about how they walk. We know more, more about how they talk, how they think, how they dress, how they act, than we know about ourselves. The problem here is that when life starts to throw you situations, you're hanging on to, to comparison. You have no substance about yourself. You haven't studied yourself, so you have no substance about yourself. Life throws you situations. You have no anchor. You have no anchor. But here's the thing I like about Paul. Go ahead, pick it up. Here's what I like about Paul. Is even though Paul's situations were tough,
enough. Even though Paul's situation, he was in difficult situation. He was an apostle for Christ. In other words, he was an ambassador for Christ. He gave his life for the gospel. And because he gave his life for the gospel, he, he ended up in prison. But here's the thing. His perspective never changed. It always remained on Christ. So when life started throwing him situations, he knew what he could be anchored to. He anchored himself into Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to do. We have to anchor ourselves right here to Jesus. Because if we can anchor ourselves, we have a firm foundation. Right. You guys, I appreciate you guys. Awesome, awesome job. Here's the thing: is when we anchor ourselves into the things of God, we anchor ourselves into Christ. Here's the thing: what happens is we have that firm foundation. We can begin to trust God, and that's what it's all about: trusting God. The next thing I want you to think about and write down this this thought is: I don't have to understand the why to trust God in the what. I can trust the Lord with all my heart, lean not unto my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him and he will make my path straight. I don't have to understand everything that's going on in my life to trust him. If you're in that place right now and you're saying something like, God, I, I don't understand what's going on. I don't like this. I'm not sure about this. God, this is frustrating. This season I have in my life. If, you, if you're saying that, there's usually a couple of questions that you ask yourself. The first question you're tempted to ask yourself is, why God? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Why did my family member get saved that I prayed for? Why did my family member that was so young lost their life? Why God? Why did I lose my job? I'm doing everything you're doing, but why God? We're tempted to ask that question, but I want to encourage you kind of to skip over that question and ask this question. Now what? Now what? Okay, now what God? This happened to me, to me, but now what, God? Now what? I don't like what's going on, but now what? Philippians 1.12 says this. Now I, know, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, I want to park there for a second. Now I know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me. Let's park there for a second. And let me ask you this question. What's happened to you? Not necessarily what you did, but what's happened to you in your life? What kind of situation has happened to you? Think about that for a second. Because we've all had difficult situations in our life. What's happened to you? Maybe you lost your job, like I said before, or maybe you woke up, because you lost your job, you woke up in a, in a bad financial spot. Now what, God, are you trying to show me? Maybe you, you, know, you take care of your body, you exercise, you eat properly, you do everything you should do, but now you go to the doctor for a physical and they give you a bad report. Now what, God? Maybe you met somebody, you thought that you were going to marry them single people, and all of a sudden when you met them and you said, oh, this is the person for me, yeah, they end up leaving you. Now what, God? Maybe they weren't the right person for me. Or maybe you were in a marriage, in the marriage field, but hey, guess what? Now what, God? What are you trying to show me? That's the question I want you guys to ask yourself. Now what? Paul says this. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. We cannot be afraid of losing the things that we feel are going to make us secure. We can't be afraid of the things that we feel that are going to make us comfortable. Because here's the thing. I said it before. God is more concerned about your character than he is your comfort. We can't be afraid of that stuff. Paul says this. He says, he says now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. The word advance is a military word. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm a Marine, so I like this word. <laughs> All right, I'm not Air Force, not Navy, 
I'm a Marine. I respect those guys. Here's the thing. The word advance is a military word, and it means to overtake. It means to advance forward. It means to go in and face opposition and take ground. Now, it's not going to be pretty. Because, I just, as a matter of fact, I just watched a movie last night that really was heart-wrenching to me because it's a true story. The Lone Survivor, great movie. Little plug out there for it. It's a really good movie. But it really gets you to understand what it means to advance. If you see that, if you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. It's not pretty. It's not, it's not easy. It's not fun when you advance. But I want to encourage you with this. Paul says, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. I want to encourage you to stop for a second and get a change of perspective when you advance that God is big enough and even specializes in working through the things that we don't understand. Here's the thing. We serve a God that can turn your obstacles into opportunities for him to show himself faithful and get the glory. We serve a God that turns your setbacks into setups so he can use you so he can get the glory. But once we, we have to change our perspective to understand that that's what God is trying to do, that he gets the glory in the situation. And there are times and places where you just don't see this. When you're going through the storm, man, it is hard to see. As a matter of fact, I think the disciples, some of the, I, you know, I, I don't want to talk bad about disciples. Sometimes I just think they were dumb. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because here they are in the boat with Jesus. There's a storm going on in the boat with Jesus. They're, they're with Jesus. They've seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle after miracle. The storm starts happening and they start freaking out. Jesus! Jesus in the storm! And I like Jesus' response. Why are you waking me? Hello. Do you understand who you're with in this boat? Spoke a word, the waves and the wind stopped, and they were amazed. Do you not know who you're in this battle with? You're in this battle with Jesus. He's walking through you. He is with you on this journey. And I want you guys to be encouraged to know that no matter how bad you feel, no matter how jacked up your situation may look, Jesus is walking step by step by step by step by step with you. Preach. I'm trying. So here's the thing. We have to change our perspective, I said. And it's like, when you change your perspective, how many of you wear prescription glasses? Yeah, there you go. It's like, when you first get those new glasses, you, your eyes take some time to adjust, and you're like, trying to see. But that's what you have to understand, is that when you're starting to get a new perspective, it takes some time to be able to get there. All you need to do is ask God, God, show me. Now what, God? Now, God, what do you want me to see in this situation? Now, God, what do I need to learn in this situation, in this difficult situation? Now, God, what do you want to do in me? Uh-oh. That never feels good when you start to get introspective on yourself. God, I know all this stuff is happening around me, but what are you wanting to do in me? God is trying to develop you to receive and understand the perspective will get you further in life once you line up with the word of Christ. Look, look what it says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 13. It says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Now when I read that, I was like, first of all, I was like, I'm in chains for, for Christ. And I stopped, started thinking, I was like, no, Paul, you're not in chains for Christ, you're in chains because you were preaching Christ. So 
Paul, like, maybe, Paul, you, if I was talking to Paul, maybe my initial reaction would be, Paul, but quiet down, honey. <laughs> Chill out. You probably should be, like, slowing it down, slow your roll, pump your brakes, because you're in change right now because you've been preaching Christ. Maybe, Paul, you should listen to your emotions. Maybe, Paul, you should stop talking about this because they're, they're trying to harm you, Paul, because you're trying to be a preacher in Rome, but you won't stop talking, so they put you in prison. Maybe some of us in our situation, maybe we should listen to our emotions. Maybe our perspective should go align with our emotions. No, 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 no. I think Paul would probably say to me, are you kidding me, Terry? Do you not know what my dream is? My dream is to be a preacher in Rome, and here they have chained me up 24 hours a day to an imperial guard that I get to have influence on. Every six hours, they give me new imperial guards, some of the most influential people in Rome. I get to preach the gospel to these guys. Do you think just because I'm in chains, I can't preach the gospel? Do you just think because I'm going through my storm that I can't glorify God? Do you just think that because my situation looks jacked up that God's still not faithful? I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in this situation. But God is still faithful. Here's the thing. We have to learn how to praise God through our situation. Instead of complaining about our situation. Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what the Bible says. So we can start lining up our perspective, get God's word in our heart, when our heart matches our lips, oh, you better get ready because there's some great, great power coming. God, I don't know what's going on, but every good and perfect thing comes from above. God, I know that I can do all things, even though I'm weak, I can do all things through you, Christ, who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God, guess what? I know that you give me the victory and you trample down my enemies. I don't, can't see really what's going on in my life, but God, I know you're faithful. Come on, man. Y'all kind of quiet. I'm used to preaching. You know, I grew up in the Pentecostal church and they spoke back to me. There we go. I like it. You know, I'm about, oh, yeah. if you don't clap, if you kind of stay quiet, it makes me nervous. I start ticking them. Like, I'll go back to my Marine sniper mode looking for stuff. All right, talk back, talk back, it's okay, you ain't getting in trouble. Yeah, so some of you guys right now are going through that situation. And here's the thing, as you go through that situation and you endure that test, guess what? That test that you endure is going to be your testimony for tomorrow. I don't think y'all heard me. That test that you endure today is going to be your testimony tomorrow. It's not in your notes, but I love what Revelation 12, 11 says. It says that they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb, who is Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. You gotta understand something. Your greatest ministry is gonna be birthed out of your greatest pain. Ladies, I know what you know what I'm talking about. Your greatest blessing, your child was birthed out of some great pains. So maybe the ladies understand a little bit more about what I'm talking about. But let me tell you, let me encourage you, your greatest ministry will be out of your greatest pain. Philippians 1.14 says this, because of my chains, most of my brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. God is in this test with you, and he recognizes what you're going through. He's walking with you. So guess what? My marriage jacked up. So what? Now what? I lost my job. I'm not being insensitive. Now what, God? 
I know that you're able to supply according to your riches and glory. God, I thought that relationship was right, but he said don't be unequally yoked. God, I, I really want to be used by you in the ministry or, or to change people's lives. The Bible says if he be lifted up, he will draw all men to him. Understand something, ladies and gentlemen. God is in this test with you. As you go through the storm, start to focus on now what are you trying to show me. The second question I want you guys to ask yourself is so what? As the band comes out, we're gonna, I'm going to land this plane here. Here's what happened in, in, this, in, this, in this section of scripture is that there was some division in the church that Paul wanted to address. Philippians 1, verse 15 through 18 says, It's true that some preach Christ out of envy, out of rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach out of selfish ambition, not necessarily, supposing they, they think they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in change. But I want you guys to highlight, underline, circle, if you have a computer, copy and paste this, this next verse, it says, but what does it matter? I love it, what does it matter? This is the important thing, that in every way, whether from false motive or true, Christ is being preached, and that, because of that, I rejoice. That's what's really important. And that's what really matters is that Christ is being preached. And I, like I said, I'm not being insensitive, but what does all this peripheral stuff really matter when God is still faithful? What does all this stuff that's happening in my life really matter when God still, Jesus is still seated at the right hand of the Father? If I can just encourage you to, to change your perspective on your situation, and help you realize, again, I'm not being insensitive, but help you realize what you're going through right now in the grand scheme of eternity is not a big deal. I know that may seem very difficult if you're going through something this morning. I know that may seem insensitive if you're going through something this morning. But what I try to do, and I don't always do a great job of it, but what I try to do is I just ask myself, Terry, what you're going through right now, is it really going to matter in 100 years from now? It's a very simple question. Sometimes it's a hard question to ask myself. But what I'm going through today, is it really going to affect me for eternity? Is this really going to matter? Because once we start to realize that it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, but this is just a test for God to give you perseverance. I like what, matter of fact, let's flip over there real quick. James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I love this. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. My prayer for you this morning is that not that God will ease the pain of your situation. It's not my prayer. My prayer is that you guys will find the presence of God in your situation. Because in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. In the presence of God, there's hope. Christ is the hope that never disappoints. In the presence of God, there's peace. In the presence of God, there's self-confidence. Because if I'm worried about impressing you, I'm gonna fail every time. If I'm worried about impressing me, I'm going to become very prideful. 
But if I get in God's presence, I'm going to be fully satisfied. Some of you in here today, maybe you don't even know really that you, if you have a relationship with Jesus or you don't, I implore you, don't walk through life alone. Because here is the creator of the world saying to you, I love you. I want to walk through this storm with you. I want to hold your hand. I want to be there with you as you walk through this journey of life. Don't do this alone. I can be a strength. Some people call it a crutch. So what? Call it a crutch. I call it a name. Jesus is here right now with you guys. He wants to have that opportunity to be a part of your life with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe some of you in here today have been struggling through life. And you're trying to find that hope in everything you try to anchor into bitterness, you try to anchor into sorrow, you try to anchor into self-comparison. I don't know what you're trying to anchor into, but that anchor doesn't hold you. I want to ask you this morning, do you want to anchor into Jesus Christ? The author and finisher of your faith. He's your master story writer. If that's you, if you want to have that, that relationship, you want to have Jesus walk with you through this life, go ahead and stick your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Why don't we all stand for a second? pray this prayer with me this morning. Dear Jesus, I thank you that your presence is here. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. I confess you as my Savior. I thank you that you're going to walk through this life with me. Jesus, you never promised it was going to be easy, but you promised me that you're going to be with me. Lord, I just thank you so much for the, for the people that raised their hands this morning. God, I thank you so much, Lord, that their names, God, are written in eternity right now. God, I thank you so much, Holy Spirit, that you're tugging on the heart because we can't come to know you, Jesus, without the tugging of the Holy Spirit. And God, I just pray right now, as they journey through this, God, that you remind them, God, that they'll get connected with somebody that they can talk to about their struggles in life, and God, that they can understand that you're there walking through life with them, that you said that you would never leave them, that you would never forsake them, that you love them, Jesus, so much. I pray, God, even now, that they leave the church today, God, that they will leave transformed and they will know that, God, you've made a difference in their life. We thank you so much, Jesus. We love you. Amen.